Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be talking about the 2006 movie, John Tucker Must Die, starring Jesse Metcalf and Brittany Snow. Also in this movie, we have Ashanti, who I will just refer to as Ashanti because that is her name. <laughs> and she also is a pretty decent actress. Like she fits right in with like this type of like rom-com. It's funny because I actually heard somebody talking about Ashanti yesterday and I haven't heard really about Ashanti in forever. And I was like, oh, my girl, hello. <laughs> I feel like I related to her more than I related to a lot of the other kind of pop singers of her time because she just mm. had like this baby face and mm-hmm. but like sassiness and stuff and I was like that's me I have a baby face and I'm sassy but it wasn't me it's just in the past like three or four years where people have stopped asking Rose if her parents are home when they came to deliver stuff <laughs> you know what that's not that's not untrue but I feel like you think I look a lot younger than I am. People started calling me ma'am at 25. So I don't know. You know, well, I live in the South. And so people, if somebody thinks they may be younger than you, they call you ma'am. Yeah. I never really felt old with being called ma'am until I was buying White Claw one day. I was at Kroger. I went through self-checkout. And here's the thing. I was having a rough day all right I was buying White Claw Oreos and like freaking NyQuil okay like I was having a bad day and I rung up all my stuff and then uh, you know like ID check needed and so I took my ID out to show the cashier he turns looks at me and goes (laughs) you're good (gasps) what an asshole Listen, listen, you teenage little shit. You're going to come over here. You're going to check my ID to confirm that I'm 21. All right. And then you're going to go home and do your fucking homework. All right. <laughs> like. Yeah. Todd from Kroger's was just like a fucking cherry on my shit Sunday that day. The way I'm realizing how old I'm getting is the fact that now when I watch kind of like these rom-coms, the main characters look like babies to me. Before you're like, oh my God, they do not look 17. And now you're like, yeah, they could be 17. Yeah, no, it's so true. I remember back in the day, I would be like, they look like 25-year-olds because they are 25-year-olds playing Mm 17-year-olds. But when you're 35, a 25-year-old looks like a baby. Well, and it's funny because now with newer rom-coms, like kissing booth and stuff like that. I'm like looking up these actors' ages before I'm like, oh yeah, smash. I'm like, wait a minute, how old? <laughs> you have to police your thoughts because you're scared that the FBI can hear you saying that a 17 year old is hot and they're gonna be like, dun dun dun, it's Courtney in here. <laughs> I'm just gonna come home one day and Chris Hansen's gonna be at my kitchen table. <laughs> have a seat. I have this transcript of your thoughts while you were watching the kissing booth. <laughs> and uh, at this scene, you you thought to yourself, I would totally hit that. Do you know that he's 17 years old? I'm just like Googling, like, how old is Noah Centineo? <laughs> Legal. Way to go, me. So our movie begins with a montage. And we, God damn it, we love a good montage. God 
damn it, do we love a montage. It starts with a montage of our main character, Kate, played by Brittany Snow. Mm-hmm. Kate's mom is banging hot. She gets around. She has a lot of boyfriends. And then she just kind of picks Kate up and moves all the time. Yeah, but I had some questions, though, because uh, the way she described it is she says that her mom dates the same type of guy over and over and over again to the point where, like, she stopped learning their names and she just calls them all by the same name. I think Skip or Skipper, right? Uh, Yeah, she calls them all Skip. The point where I start having questions, it's like... Okay, I get your mom keeps breaking up with these guys or they break up with her. I'm assuming they break up with Mm -hmm. her. All she knows as a kid is that there's this guy that comes around and then suddenly he doesn't come around and her mom is crying. Mm -hmm. Next thing she knows, they're moving out of town. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, kind of giving me like snapped serial killer vibes. You know, we don't know for sure. That Kate's mom, who's played by Jenny McCarthy, we don't know that she's not a serial killer. Like a vigilante douchebag killer, you know? I I mean, listen, I'm not going to advocate for the killing of anyone, but But... that kind of has a ring to it. Vigilante douchebag killer. That is our pure speculation. We cannot confirm nor deny that. Right. But... Kate's not good at making friends. And, you know, when she's narrating this montage, she says that that's the one good thing about moving is that the goodbyes are never hard because she doesn't have any fucking friends to say goodbye to. But when the movie starts, she has just moved to a new high school Mm -hmm. and she's working at this kind of trending looking restaurant. Yeah, it's like this is not, you know, like a Red Lobster or like an Olive Garden. This has like white tablecloths. Everyone's dressed up. So it's a pretty fancy restaurant. I'll tell you right now, though, Courtney, when I was in high school, I did not know a fancier restaurant than Olive Garden. And Red Lobster, forget about it. Yeah, Olive Garden was probably the fanciest restaurant I knew until I was like an adult. Yeah, totally. Um, So, yeah, so Kate... You know, she feels kind of invisible in school, but as she's working in this restaurant, she starts to see some of the kids she goes to school with coming in, very specifically this guy named John Tucker, who is, he's the star basketball player, the most popular boy in school. He is uh, fine to boot. And, you know, he is pretty cute. But he does have a lot of juice swagger to him, you know? Uh, yeah, um, which I think is what makes him really cute. It's like he's he's hot shit and he knows it. And so he is coming in and she's like, oh, yeah, of course John Tucker has a girlfriend. And then she notices that John Tucker has like three girlfriends. Yeah, she sees him come in to the same restaurant where she works multiple times a week with three different girls. And I have to say, like, the audacity to bring your multiple girlfriends to the same place, I don't know, man. That's, like, lazy. Like, if you're going to to be, like, a cheating asshole, like, be a little more creative than that. Yeah, like, you know, you could do better. But you know what? That's the number one way that cheaters get caught. It's just like laziness. Like they literally get lazy and that's how they get caught. It serves them right because cheaters deserve to get caught. And die. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Maybe not that last part. You know, some (laughs) cheaters do deserve it, but not all. Bad. (laughs) Rose's opinions are roses and roses alone. and do not reflect those of fiction fixation. (laughs) Anyways, 
This is how John tries to avoid not getting caught. So he dates girls from different cliques who run in different circles who don't talk. Right. To each other. To each other. But then he tells them that he can't date during basketball season, so they have to keep it kind of on the hush-hush. Which is kind of genius when you think about it. I guess it's kind of genius, but also, like, why are you such an asshole, John? Hmm? Who hurt you? I'll get more into this later, but I seriously feel like John is a mastermind, and I think he's less of an asshole than just a bored genius. Like, I really think he has, like, his IQ is through the roof. Like, I'm not kidding. You know, bored geniuses are really the people we need to watch out for. No, yeah, because when someone is extremely intelligent and they're bored, sometimes they could just play with people. Yeah, absolutely. All of his girlfriends are forced to be in Mm -hmm. gym class together, which usually this would never happen. And of course, even though they're supposed to be keeping their relationship a secret, one of them starts talking about it and the others over here... And a huge cat fight ensues. Yeah, and poor Kate is like in the middle of this cat fight because all three of the girlfriends are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And then Kate just kind of gets squeezed into the middle, literally like squeezed into the middle of it. And she just loses her shit. She's like, why are you guys fighting each other when he's the one cheating on you guys? When mm-hmm. the gym teacher comes up to break up the fight, They all get detention, including Kate, who was like, Kate has done nothing wrong at this point. You know, it's interesting because when the movie started, I thought that Kate was going to basically instigate the girls finding out. Mm -hmm. But she didn't even do that. She didn't even snitch on John. She like she was just existing. She was literally just existing and she got dragged into this drama. Yeah, and Kate is very pissed off. She's very new to the school and she's pretty pissed off that she just got dragged into this fight. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, And, you know, you could tell Kate is a good girl because she shows up for detention early. Like there's it's I guess it's at the library. And so um, there's there's still this boy there kind of finishing up his like studying. And hey, who is this? what, What actor portrays this boy? Courtney, it's Penn Badgley. And I was shocked because I've never seen him with long hair. Like he had major... Heath, Heath Ledger. Le- yes. yes. He had major Heath, Heath Ledger vibes. And I was like, hold on a second. Look at you not looking creepy, Penn Badgley. Penn Badgley looks scrumdillyumptious. He does. With the long hair. And all that man bun potential. I know. It's, it's... Chef's kiss. It's too much. He has a very sweet persona in this movie. Right. So Penn Badgley, he ends up telling her that he is John Tucker's brother. And she's like, she's actually like surprised. She's like, what? They look nothing alike. Yeah, they look nothing alike. And then also it was kind of like offensive the way she said it. Like, wait, what? But your brother's so hot. You know, like what happened to you? Yes. (laughs) And so the other three girls show up for detention they're all in there and they're kind of are still bickering amongst each other about like, you stole John away from me. You stole John. And they all obviously throughout the day went to talk to John about these accusations that were being made. 
he gave all of them the same exact speech. So, like, for example, Ashanti um, said, you know, I talked to John and he said that you're just jealous because we have something special. Yeah. And then they all start kind of adding on and saying the speech verbatim of what John said. Because he said the exact same thing to all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the moment where it finally clicks. Like, oh, my God, these girls are not lying. John is lying. Kate obviously knows this and she makes some comments and they're like, what was that? They're like still mad at Kate, even though she didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I think honestly, I think at this point, the girls just hate all girls. Like they hate each other and they hate anyone mm-hmm. else around. Kate makes a comment and they all kind of turn on her and they're like, oh my God, you're dating him too. Yeah. And Kate's like, no, I just have a lot of experience with guys like this. And when Mm -hmm. Kate says she has a lot of experience, she means her mom has a lot of experience. She's never actually dated anyone. And they ask her, like, what would you do? Break up with him? And she's like, no, I would get even. She's like, I would destroy him. Oh, my God. Listen, this type of vindictive get back at a man thing, I don't know. Like, I just want it bottled. I want it to be a perfume. I want to I want to put it on in the morning and I want to be like, mm-hmm. I eat men for breakfast type shit, you know? I love it. Normalize eating men. No. Normalize no. eating men for breakfast. Yeah, we have to add the for breakfast or else yeah. it's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Um, <laughs> Later that night, all three girls that she was in detention with just show up at Kate's house. Right. One by one, they're like, okay, what's the, what, do you, what do you think we should do? And they all just kind of put their trust in Kate because Kate seemed so confident in her knowledge of exactly how to treat this type of guy. Kate's not used to having friends, let alone three at the same time. So right. she's obviously a little uncomfortable They all convene in Kate's bedroom and come up with a plan to make John Tucker undateable because they realize that that is like his personality is being like desired, being wanted. And so journalist, one of the girls that John is dating, she's like the high school news correspondent. The next day, she drags them all in to like the media room of the library and she kind of lays out this plan on what they're going to do. So at first vegan, one of the other girlfriends kind of brings him in to a photo shoot and he thinks that he's looking like all hot and shirtless and stuff. And he knows that the, that the photo shoot is for an ad, but at this point he doesn't care because he's so, he's so self-absorbed that he only cares that he's modeling with his shirt off. Um, And then he takes another girl who's not one of the three, he takes another girl to the movies and here's this ad at the beginning of the movie about genital herpes and there's John's face looking all sad that he has genital herpes. It literally says, I have genital herpes. And this is a thing, right? Like, this movie was filmed in the early 2000s. This was not... A time in our history where we talked about STDs with any sort of like grace or mm-hmm. understanding. It's like people were ashamed. It was people were laughed at, you know, especially mm-hmm. in a high school setting. Right. Yeah. In a high school setting, there being an announcement that you have an STD was like the kiss of death. 
Yeah. And John being John, he turns it around and he becomes the face of genital herpes to like promote awareness. Dude, it's wild to me because like at first everyone's his date, the date that he's with runs Mm -hmm. off. Like she's just like, ew, genital herpes. And she runs off. Mm -hmm. And so the girls think that their plan worked. But a day or two later, John calls the school into the auditorium to make a presentation where he's basically like, I don't have genital herpes, but I will be the voice for those who can't like talk for themselves. She's really extra with it, but dude, it works. And then since that didn't work, the girls start to feed him these estrogen supplements Dude, the writers of this movie were really like, let's take science and let's throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think this is how this works. No, because when he starts taking these estrogen supplements, he becomes very stereotypically feminine. They put it in his protein powder. Uh Uh-huh. And almost immediately, like he has like two scoops of protein powder and almost immediately he starts exhibiting symptoms. Well, and he also starts getting, like, not even just, like, physical changes in his body. He starts getting really emotional. Mm -hmm. And then he says his nipples hurt. Yeah. So John is at a basketball game. The whole school is watching this basketball game. And John is complaining about sore nipples. He gets pushed to the Mm -hmm. ground. And he loses it on his opponent. Basically starts crying in, in the middle of this game. Yeah. Um, and again, that's that's not really how that works, but okay. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. If he if you were to give this boy two scoops of estrogen, he would be organizing, getting people together, leading shit, starting a business, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fixing problems. He would be suddenly <laughs> able to think with something other than his fucking dick. You he know? would be breaking up with two of his three girlfriends or yeah. all of them being like, I need time to work on me right now. <laughs> I am suddenly emotionally mature. He bounced back from it by like making his teachers or his coach take emotional intelligence class. And now his coach is like, John, I understand and respect your feelings right now. Once again, John, he's a freaking genius. Like he takes this public humiliation for the second time, public humiliation, and completely Mm. spins it. And now girls are coming up to him and being like, wow, John, you're so brave the way you open up. And he's like, yeah, I'm learning a lot in counseling. And now he's more desirable to women. What emotional intelligence and therapy gets you pussy? Huh? Who the fuck knew? I can confirm, okay? And for any men listening to this, go to therapy, deal with your shit. Therapy makes your dick bigger. Therapy makes your dick bigger. Not medical advice. Therapy (laughs) makes your dick bigger. (laughs) John starts going to counseling, and he comes back from the whole estrogen thing. And John breaks up with all three of his girlfriends. um, And he's like, I just need to work on me right now. It feels like genuine. It literally feels like therapy really did make his dick bigger. Like he went to therapy. Yeah. So it's funny because they were trying to destroy him. And it's like he came back stronger. Like if you're trying to destroy a man. Don't send him to therapy. Don't send him to therapy. Jesus, dumbass. (laughs) That's only going to make him better. Silly goose. 
he breaks up with them and they're all very upset. And all three girls plus Kate are in Kate's bedroom, like binging on snack food and junk food. One of them says, we need to break his heart. Yeah. And they're like, how how are we going to do that? He broke up with us all. And then they turn to Kate. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you're cute, and you're the only one who hasn't dated him. They're like, wait a minute, Kate's a girl. A hot girl. In the midst of the girls trying to get John kind of devaluate his stock as a a dateable guy, um, Kate is getting kind of chummy with John's brother. She becomes lab partners with him because his last lab partner caught fire. Okay, first of all, like, we did not do this kind of lab shit when I was in high school. At the same time. I literally wrote that in my notes. I'm like, I never did anything cool in biology or chemistry or anything. I never did anything cool. Mm -mm. So... Remember, John's brother is played by Penn Badgley. And so you could tell that Penn Badgley is really kind of into Kate. And you could see kind of like a little something, something blossoming between them as they become lab partners. Kate and Penn Badgley are making come hither eyes and flirty goo goo eyes. And, you know, they have the same taste in music. Mm -hmm. They definitely seem to like each other. So. She's getting, you know, cozy with the other Tucker. While she's busy destroying John. John Tucker. Well, and that's the thing, is that Penn Badgley knows that his brother is a douchebag. Right. You know? Also, I think a lot of people forget, wait, John has a brother? Yeah, because he's such a different energy from his brother. Um, But yeah, so... The girls collectively decide, well, collectively minus Kate, that Kate is going to be tasked with the job of seducing John, making him fall in love with her, so then she could break his heart because they now realize that that is the only way they can really get back at him because everything else is failing. And so they essentially turn Kate in to a combination of all three of them. You know, because they know how to play the game. They know what he mm-hmm. likes. They know what he's attracted to. And so they start coaching her. And Miss Kate is not ready, girl, because Miss Kate has never Mm-mm. she's never had a boyfriend. She's never really had a flirtation with a guy, really. And so they have to coach her like, don't don't answer him right away. Keep him hanging. Stay mysterious. Count to three before you answer anything. That's such good advice, though. Like, mm-hmm. just in life in general, like, when your boss talks to you, when your client talks to you, pause before you answer so mm-hmm. that you don't say something that you don't want to say. And they also give her all these personality traits. Like, Ashanti gets her on the cheerleading team because Ashanti's the head cheerleader. Right. So... They get her on the cheerleading team and... Even though Kate sucks at cheerleading. She does. Kate is awful at it. Then they're like, you need to walk sexier. You need to be aloof when he talks to you. Like, act like you don't care. As soon as Kate becomes a cheerleader, John becomes intrigued, like, because he hasn't noticed her before. And so suddenly he's like, who's that new cheerleader? And Mm -hmm. when he tries to ask her out, like, hey, maybe we could grab some coffee, Kate, on the instruction of the other girls, just kind of blows him off. John's trying to engage her. You know, he's trying to get to know her. He sends her a shit ton of flowers. 
He's trying. He doesn't just send her a shit ton of flowers. John gets probably a dozen boys, a dozen other students to deliver her flowers. First of all, where did these kids come from? Like, how did he convince a dozen boys to do his bidding, first of all? Like, are they okay? Mm -hmm. Are they okay? Like, Probably not. Like, blink twice if you're okay. But second of all, how the hell did a little, you know, high school boy afford all of these flowers? Oh, apparently he's loaded. Like, they talk about how, like, his family is loaded. Oh, okay, okay. That checks out. So, yeah, and then he gets over the announcements and the intercom through the whole school and he's talking. He gives Kate his phone number and then he catches up with her the next day and he's like, hey, I didn't get a, did you get my flowers? She's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't get a phone call. She's like, I didn't have a pen. Yeah, she is playing it so coy. Yes. He very quickly, like John very quickly gets so interested in Kate because she's making it hard for him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, listen, games at this point, Courtney and I are too old for games, but God, they're fun and they work. They do. I don't suggest them, but they are effective if you know how to play them. Well, I'd say don't use them on, on people that don't deserve them. You only use mm -hmm. the games on the assholes. But Like John. Like John Tucker. Yeah, and at this point, you know, yeah, John's brother is taking a step away from Kate. He says that his old lab partner reconsidered and they're fine now. And Kate's a little bummed because she's like, I thought we were friends. Yeah, but you could see that, you know, Penn Badgley liked her. And now he's seeing like, oh, my brother has his eye on her and my brother always gets what he wants. So he's not even trying to fight for her. He's just like, oh, she's gone. You know, like if my brother wants to date her, she's gone. Yeah. John kind of bamboozles her um, into going on an actual date with him. So she's a cheerleader, a basketball cheerleader. They're at a basketball game and the timer is going down. Okay. It's almost the end of the game. They're tied. And he's just sitting there, you know, dribbling the basketball, like, go out with me. I can't make the shot until I know you'll go out with me. Right. And so he kind of like, strong arms her into saying yes or else he's gonna lose the game and people will be pissed right and and i think this is the game for the championships so yes it's so manipulative and also like the amount of confidence he has to like risk everything it's because i don't think he really would have risked it for a date i think he knew that he that she was gonna say yes and he knew that he could still make it with seconds to go and he does. Right. Um, she she says yes. And their first date, John and Kate's first date. Oh, my God. Their names are John and Kate. It was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> doomed from the beginning. So John and Kate's first date is they go to, like, this bonfire at the beach. And they the girls have to prep Kate. And they're like, okay, like, what do you normally do on a first date? And she's like, uh, uh. Um, I've never been on a date. Kate's never been on a date in her life. And they're like, you said you had experience. And she's like, I see my mom. They're like, okay, wait a minute. So you've never dated a douchebag? You've yeah. never dated one? And she's like, no. And she's like, oh my God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. They're like, okay, it's too late. It's too late now. You have to. I think they're, the girls are worried about Kate because they're realizing that John's like compliments and stuff because John is a sweet talker and he is charming. Oh. He's so charming. And they could see how it's kind of infiltrating Kate's head a little bit. 
Yeah, the girls are preparing her. And so they're giving her all this advice on like how to act during the date. And then they make this like secret hidden camera in her cleavage. I call cap on that, like, because I don't think this technology existed for the for the average consumer, like a tiny camera. Well, also, like, it's like she's using the equipment from the school. The school does not have a boob cam. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, why does a school need a tiny hidden camera? That doesn't make sense. And I think at that time they were super expensive. I don't know. I might be wrong, but it just, it felt so out of place. I mean, they're not that cheap now. So I would think that, like, back in 2006. Yeah. They were also fucking not cheap. Yeah. So Kate is all mic'd up and she has a camera um, strapped to her (laughs) bra strap. I was getting ready to be like, Kate's all double mic'd up on a Friday evening. Yeah, Kate is double mic'd up. Um, And so she's capturing this date on camera. The girls are witnessing it. The three exes are in a car watching the live footage. And they're like, oh, no, he's pulling out all the stops. They go on a date on a beach at sunset with bonfires. Bitch, that's a recipe for a full-on hoe. I mean, even if you weren't a hoe before, you're about to be one. You're you're about to you be know? a hoe. You can't fight the recipe. Like, we're, we are not judging you, okay? We're all a hoe sometimes. And we've all been, like, cockboozled by a John Tucker. <laughs> You know, it's at the end of the night and John's like, let me drive you home. And she's like, "Okay." But this wasn't part of the plan. The girls hadn't prepped her for what to do if he was going to drive her home. No. So Kate was just like, "Okay." So Kate gets in the car and then John goes to tell somebody like, hey, you need to find a ride to his brother, which like is kind of fucked up. He's ditching his brother. Uh, to take this girl home, which his brother, by the way, Penn Badgley, was there staring at John and Kate the whole night. And you could tell he was jealous as hell. And now he's being ditched. Like, now he has to find his own ride. Like, I'm sorry, but... I would be mad, too. I feel like there's a separate movie happening simultaneously where Penn Badgley is just observing all of this and getting, like, screwed over and feeling so sad. (laughs) He's just... He's becoming Joe. Oh, my God. This is his origin story of him becoming... This is Joe. Joe's villain origin story. Oh my god. So if you've never seen You on Netflix, Penn Badgley plays a serial killer. And um, yeah, this is probably his origin story. I believe it. Mm-hmm. John gets into the car and he drives Kate home, walks her to her door, and he kind of hesitates. Like she has to ask him, like, will you walk me to the door? John's like, I'm really tempted to kiss you right now. Um, but I don't want to, I want to take things slow. I don't want to move too fast. I want to do this right. I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, I feel like as the movie goes on, John is becoming more and more likable. Like, it's almost as if the girls, in their efforts to destroy him, they're making him better. Well, they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the sprinklers come on and they run up to the porch and then she goes to kiss him and like it zaps him because she's getting zapped by the boob cam. She, she's getting zapped and then it like zaps his lips. Mm-hmm. And so they have this brilliant late nineties, early 2000 music playing, which I love mm-hmm. the end of the date just ends extremely cute. But then Kate remembers who she is and she goes back to ignoring him. Yeah. Well, I think that the girls are kind of 
like they're pushing her to remain aloof to kind of keep mm-hmm. him on the ho- on the hook like don't let him think that he has you but at, at this point Kate's mom who pretty much knows what they're doing she says something to her that like was really insightful I feel she says be careful pretending to be someone else you might forget who you are and I was like ooh well yeah and Kate Kate was like I was nobody Right. And she's like, nobody liked me. And her mom's like, I did. Oh, yeah. Well, and then also it's not true that no one liked Kate. It's just like Kate was living in a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like she kept telling herself, I don't have any friends. There's no point in meeting anyone because I move all the time. And so she was never making an effort to make friends. Mm -hmm. The girls are getting closer, like this whole process of them trying to brainstorm ways to take down John Tucker, like they're actually Mm -hmm. becoming friends. Yeah. They're becoming friends and they're really liking each other, you know, like they're enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Anyways. So Kate goes back to ignoring John and Kate and the three exes are hanging out in her bedroom, kind of talking and just like savoring in their small victory Mm-hmm. And John keeps calling Kate. He's yes. like outside. He's like stalking her house. Dude, well, he's, you could tell that he is really quickly becoming obsessed with her, which like mm-hmm. isn't surprising because you have four brains, right? Like four girls thinking up of ways to keep him hooked. Yes. He doesn't stand a chance. Like Kate is literally his specifically individually designed downfall as edward cullen would say she is his special brand of heroin (laughs) could you imagine if edward cullen had the douche swagger that john tucker has i know i do you know what oh my god that never occurred to me that edward cullen could have been hoeing it up in high school instead of brewing like sad being like a sad little bitch in a corner listen if i was an immortal who was Young and hot forever, I would be hoeing it up like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how much, like, I would be hoeing it up everywhere. I would have in town hoes, out of town hoes, overseas hoes, like, hoes in every area code. But yeah, Edward Cullen could have been hoeing it up like John Tucker, and instead he chose to brood. Ugh. Oh my God. I'm immortal and hot and strong. He should have been on Lexapro. He would have done a lot better. So, John Tucker, completely obsessed with Kate, showing up at her house, waiting outside of her house, calling her. He's parked out front of her house across the street, leaned back in his car, talking on the phone. And first of all, John Tucker is not driving like an inconspicuous black Honda Civic, okay? Right. No, he's driving a fucking red hardtop Jeep Wrangler. I know. Like, we know it's your car. And so, Kate agrees to go out with John again. And he takes her to the restaurant. Like, did Kate quit her job? Because it seems like she quit her job to destroy John. Do you know what? That's so funny you say that because it's true. You never see her at the restaurant again until he takes her on that date. But then he walks her through the restaurant because I guess the restaurant is in the marina. And so Mm -hmm. he walks her through the restaurant outside to a boat. (laughs) He has upped his game. He has learned, huh, I need some new tricks. 
and he gets them. Well, and the other girls, the three exes, are watching this on the camera, listening on the mic, and they are freaking out because they realize that none of them have been on the boat and that he, and that John must really like Kate if he's taking her on the boat. Yeah, he's taking her on the boat and they're like, oh, shit, she is in deep. Like he is he is johnning it up mm-hmm. for this date. And it's actually a really cute date. He takes her out on the boat and they dance and they talk. And it's an extremely cute, sweet date. And after the date, Kate was talking to the girls and they're like, oh, no, she's falling for him. Yeah, the girls are are kind of worried. They're realizing that Kate might be in over her head because John mm-hmm. is pulling out all of his best moves to get Kate to fall yeah. in love with him. He's pulling out all of the best moves and Kate's falling for it. So mm-hmm. they're like, we have to crush these feelings. Right. And the way they do that is journalist sneaks into like a locker or a closet inside the boys' locker room, which first of all, like you've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Especially because you're recording it, you've crossed right. the line. I mean, they they do cross the line many times. I think the first time was probably when they spiked his drink, his pa- mm-hmm. his protein powder. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but I am letting it I'm letting it go for the movie. Yeah, well, I can't let this go for the movie because she is recording inside the girls inside the boys' locker room from a closet Mm -hmm. the boys are talking about the away game coming up in a couple days like the championship game and they're going to go stay in a hotel overnight the cheerleaders are going to be staying in the same hotel and the guys are all talking and one of the guys says that john is whipped yeah and so i mean basically the boys in the locker room they peer pressure john into giving a douchey speech and then the journalist girl who is hiding there and not only like you said not only is she crossing the line by being there she's also recording it uh-huh john says that kate is an 82 bordeaux that he's going to uncork and pork what does that mean 82 bordeaux uh like a wine that you're waiting because it's better after it's aged okay anyways um anyways so he's talking about her being a wine that he's going to uncork and pork. Then they're like, uncork or pork her. And they're doing this little dance thing. And she gets it all by camera. Journalist knows that it was taken out of context a little right. bit, you know? But she still shows only that part to Kate. Right, because her goal is to kind of wake Kate up and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of shake her out of this, like, romantic feelings that she might be developing and be like, hey... Don't lose sight mm-hmm. of the goal. John Tucker is an asshole, and the goal is to take him down. And Kate is, you know, she was a little hesitant. And then they show her this, and Kate's like, you're going down, John Tucker. They even start recording themselves saying kind of mean things to John Tucker, and they record Kate saying, there's only one guy for me, and it's not you. And she says it uh-huh. like in a very mean way. Yes, and so their big plan is is that they're going to do one more big kind of embarrassing prank on John at the away game, and then they're going to take him down at his birthday party. Yes. So here we are. It's nearing the end of basketball season, and mm-hmm. John Tucker's basketball team are entering semifinals. 
John's team wins the championship. And so mm-hmm. obviously everybody is extremely excited at this point. Mm-hmm. The girls, the exes, buy Kate like some new cute lingerie. So the girls decide that they need to push John to figure out just how far deep he's in. How invested is he? How invested he is in Kate and whether or not it's they're like ready to break his heart. Because they need to know uh-huh. like if he's really, really in love before they you know, do their final blow. And so basically what they do is one of the girls, again, crossing boundaries like they don't exist, breaks into John's room and leaves like a little gift bag behind under his bed. So then Kate calls Mm -hmm. him via video chat to show him her lingerie that she's wearing. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, I left you a present under your bed. John goes, grabs it, and he pulls it out, and he's like, I bet you look great in these. Because it's a thong. It's a red thong. It's a red, ruffly, flowered thong with a bow. (laughs) And she's like, oh, no, I want you to wear them. She's talking to him via video chat, and she tells Mm -hmm. him, like, hey, I want you to wear it, and I want you to come to my room. But the problem is that the coach has somebody kind of monitoring the hallways, so you're Mm going to have to come in through the window. She's like, I need you to go out on your balcony, scale the balcony, go three windows down, and then sneak into my room. Mm -hmm. So he does it. He agrees. He puts the thong on and then wraps a towel around him and then scales three windows over on mm-hmm. the balconies, goes inside and just tosses the towel, plops on the bed, kind of poses. And then somebody comes out of the bathroom. And it's not Kate. It's actually, what is it, their assistant coach? It's the gym coach. I mean, sorry, the um, cheerleading coach. The cheerleading coach comes out to find this gorgeous, probably like 17, 18-year-old boy on her bed wearing a red thong. And, you know, to her credit, she doesn't hesitate in scolding him. Well, I think this was kind of out of line on the teacher's part. She doesn't allow him to grab a towel to cover himself. And then she starts blowing her whistle in the middle of the hallway as she's dragging him to his basketball coach. Yeah, she drags him through the hallways. Everybody comes out of their rooms Kate and the girls who were in a nearby room in the same hallway because they planned Mm. for this to come to go down this way. They come out of the room and they're, you know, everybody's recording him. And Mm -hmm. John is in a red thong in front of all of his teammates and all of the cheerleaders. Yeah. And the cheer coach sort of hands him over to the basketball to the basketball coach and says, I think this belongs to you. I found it in my bed. And Kate's like, oops. I guess it was four rooms. Kate kind of looks at him apologetically like she made a mistake and gave him the wrong wrong window to go through, which she knew what she was doing. So that's really embarrassing. And again, John, being John, goes to school. When they get back to school the following week, he shows up to basketball practice wearing another thong, hanging out of his shorts. He just struts in and the guys are like, John, are you serious? You're just walking around in a thong. And without skipping a beat, John is like, yeah, they're very comfortable. It's like a hammock for my best friend. And then he proceeds to dribble the basketball and do like the craziest stunt when he dunks the ball. And everyone is staring in awe because he's a talented basketball player. But he's Uh implicating that the reason he's able to move so freely is because his balls are out of the way, which you know what? I feel like he might he might be on to something. Yeah. And he's like, 
gives you the right amount of swing. <laughs> you know, he's basically stating that he's wearing the thong and it makes him a better basketball player. So, of course, all the basketball players are now wearing thongs. Then the, the very next day, they're all wearing thongs. And this is where I, I, I keep coming back to this, like, John Tucker is a genius Mm -hmm. in how he spins things like that takes so much intelligence like once again he has spun yet another Mm -hmm. attempt to like make him undateable and it's insane but john meets up with kate before his birthday party and he was like hey um you know my birthday party's coming up you're gonna be there right and she's like, I don't know. Are you sure? Like, she throws his words back at him. Like, Are you sure I'm not just some 87 Bordeaux you want to uncork and pork? Mm. And he's like, who told you that? She's like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I've been thinking. And if wanting to be around you and wanting to date you makes me whipped, then guess what? I guess I'm whipped. He takes his watch off, puts it on her wrist, and then he makes an announcement. Like, everybody... I'm John Tucker and I'm whipped. Yeah. Like he has successfully fallen for her. Ah, yeah. And you know what? Like, I don't know. I'm kind of falling for it. <laughs> well, so is Kate because Kate goes to the other three girls and she's like, I don't feel good about this. I'm yeah. out. Well, I think she's really starting to realize that like John has developed serious feelings for her. Mm-hmm. As she has been lying to him the whole time. Like, that can't feel good. That's That's got to feel so icky. Because, like, if you're going to get yes. revenge on someone, you want them to deserve it. And someone who's treating you good... Doesn't deserve it. Right. Someone who's being, like, sweet to you and treating you well and changing. Like, she's watching him become a better guy. Like, he's no longer the John Tucker from the beginning of the movie who deserves to be heartbroken. Yeah, and... She goes in to tell the girls that she's out, that she doesn't want to do this because, Mm -hmm. like, it just feels icky to her now. Yeah. And they come at her hard and they're like, no, no, John doesn't like you. John likes what we made you. Right. They kind of um, hold over her, her head the fact that, like... John didn't even know you existed until we started basically molding yeah. you into a version that he would be attracted to. They're essentially like, that's the only reason we're all hanging out together. Like, you have us as friends because of this. And if you're out, then you're not friends with us anymore. Kate says to all of them, which is not a lie, she says, you guys are obsessed with him. First, you were you know, obsessively in love with him and now you're obsessively hating him. She's like, I am over this. And she like quits. Yeah. So she leaves and then one by one, all the other girls leave. But what they forget is that Penn Badgley can see them leaving and Penn knows something shady is going on. So he goes to Kate and he goes, since when are all three of these girls friends? And since when are they friends with you? They hate each other. Yeah. He he really knows something is going on. He says, look, like, you used to be different, you know, and now you're just like the rest of them. He's like, do you know why John likes you? Because he thought you were different and he thought you were authentic. Yeah. And it turns out you're just like them. Yeah. He's like, you're just like John, lying to people just to get them. 
And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, where's the lie? Where's the Penn lie? Badgley spitting truth out there. <laughs> Kate really thinks about that. And she decides that she does not want to be part of the downfall of John any further than she already is. No, but she still goes to his birthday party, which, by the way, we forgot to mention this, but one of the girls describes John Tucker's birthday party as this Mm -hmm. annual event that's like prom and a pep rally and all of these like high school holidays mixed together. Yeah. And it does seem like a pretty big event. I don't know where they're at. Yeah, they're like at some club. It's like there's a stage. There's a giant like screen. It's a pretty, you could tell it's an expensive event. And so journalists, Vegan and Ashanti, get there and they're like, hey, Tommy, who is one of John, it's like John's right-hand man, like his best friend. She's like, hey, we, you know, all the girls made this for John. You you play it. He's like, I'll put it on right now because they think it's like a tribute to John for his birthday. First of all, that friend, uh, John's best friend, he's an idiot because John's yeah. ex is giving you a tape to play at John's birthday. You should use a little more like deductive reasoning that it's probably not going to be good. Well, especially when two more of John's exes are standing directly behind her. And they're all together. This guy's an idiot. So he starts prepping this by the way it's burned on into a cd which is so it used 2006 well it used to be like the epitome of like technology to be able to burn Uh things on a cd and now most computers don't even have a cd drum anymore no and now they're like can't you just cloud drop it to me right oh my god kate shows up right as the best friend is getting the cd prepped to play Mm mm-hmm and John's like, oh, yeah, it's my girlfriend. Come on up here. Come wish me a happy birthday. Like, you know, he pulls yeah. her up on stage and she's like, uh. Also, two strippers just popped out of a cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I think that she wanted to warn John. I think she only mm-hmm. went to like warn him like, hey, your ex has planned something for your birthday. I'm not part of it anymore, but I just wanted to warn you. But it was too late. Like she didn't even get to warn him because yeah. he pulled her up on stage, which is like, don't freaking do that to me like even if we're in a relationship together like don't unexpectedly pull me up on a stage in front of people and expect me to make some speech because I will make both of us look bad yeah like we're about to all be embarrassed (laughs) we're gonna be embarrassed together (laughs) the cd starts it's actually a dvd it's like playing a video Uh so the video starts and at first it's really cute like, oh, like it shows clips of John and Kate and stuff like that. Yeah, it's basically all of the secret hidden camera footage that Kate took. But when you're looking at it, it's the evolution of their like romance and it looks really sweet. And I feel like yeah. you know, John is confused because he's like, OK, I yeah, this is nice. But like, how did, did how did you do this? Like he's looking at Kate and he thinks that it's the sweet thing that Kate has put together. Yeah. And then it gets into the video clips they took a long time ago of the, there's only one man out there for me. Yeah. At that point, Kate has enough and she goes over and she stops the video. Right. Um, But it was too late. John already knows. Something's off. Like it's not, she cut it off right before it got mean, but he could tell that something weird is happening. And so then she makes a little speech about how uh, she comes clean. She makes a speech and she comes clean about kind of what her and the other three girls had planned and why they planned it. She tells him, like, they wanted to break your heart. And then he says, 
Well, you did it. It worked. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, no, Dude, John. why? Like, I am, I am a puddle on the floor for John by the end of the movie. Well, and also the fact that John kind of takes responsibility for it after that. Well, because everybody starts turning on Kate, the crowd starts turning on her and booing her and throwing things on her. And the girls, the three exes, get on stage to defend her, which I thought was really cute. And they're like, hey, 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 like this wasn't her idea. This was our idea. And then the crowd starts turning on them and throwing things at them. Uh huh. And then John kind of sticks up for all of them. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. I've been an asshole, you know, like he basically goes in and like admits like I've played with a lot of girls. I've played with their hearts and like, you know what? Like, yeah, maybe I did deserve that. And then it turns into a cake food fight where they take the stripper cake and start throwing at it at each other. Right. A giant food fight ensues. Who's going to clean up that mess? You know what, Courtney? I am constantly in physical and emotional pain when I see kids having a food fight because, you know, some tired ass mom has to clean this shit up. Yeah, she's going to some the lady who cleans that club is going to get there expecting to clean up after our normal party. And there's going to be cake fucking everywhere. And she's going to be like, I fucking hate my life. She's going to say, I quit, except I can't because I have to feed my four kids. Yeah, like, I, food fights gross me out. Don't throw food at me. I know. I want a montage of them cleaning after themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Clean, yes. Cleaning up after themselves. Like, fuck you guys. Same. They get into the food fight, and then it kind of pans after that to sort of the aftermath of what the whole plan and ensuing reckoning yeah um, has caused yeah so the the girls the three axes and kate they've remained good friends and so now they mm-hmm. have their own little clique they're friends john i felt like he was becoming a better person but then right at the end he just he seems to be exactly the same as the beginning um he's not exactly the same because he says you know he doesn't lie to his girlfriends anymore um he's honest with them that he's like hey tracy This is my other girlfriend, Candy. Yeah, but you could tell that the girls that he's dating now, even though they are aware that he's dating other girls, they don't like it. Yeah. Oh, no. And you could tell he doesn't care that they don't like it. So, I mean, that's that's not a genuine relationship. Like, if you're going to have a polyamorous relationship, everyone should consent to it, you know? You shouldn't mm-hmm. be, like, manipulating people into allowing you to date multiple people. Uh, Yeah, because c- they are not into it. They're like, uh-huh, okay. You could see it in their eyes that they the new the new girlfriends feel trapped, but they also are like, he's too goddamn fine. Like, I will live in this prison. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly how they are. They will live in that fucking prison. Yeah. And then Kate kind of talks to Penn Badgley and he's like hey um actually my lab partner has changed his mind again so yeah Penn Badgley comes around I think he I think he's impressed with Kate you know kind of coming clean about her plot and everything Mm -hmm. and admitting that she hasn't been her real self yeah and he's understanding and also I think he he knows who his brother is you know 
he knows. Right. And so that's kind of where the movie leaves us. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have this implication that Kate and Penn Badgley are going to end up dating because at the end of the movie, they're lab partners again. And we know that's how all good romances begin. You know, just by being lab partners. Just ask Bella and Edward. They were lab partners. This is the happiest ending that Kate could have possibly hoped for. Absolutely. We just have to cross our fingers that her mom doesn't go and murder another guy and they have to, like, leave town again. Oh, my God. That would suck so bad. You know? Hey, mom, can we have a chat? Could you, like, control your murderous instincts? Yeah. And I, I, I wish that for Kate. I want to believe that's how it turned out, that her mom controlled her murderous urges so she could then continue, you know, <gasps> what if Penn Badgley learns how to murder from Kate's mom and then becomes Joe from you? Like, like you have like a murder mentor. Her mom becomes his murder mentor. <gasps> I love it. I feel like we- it's all clicking together now. We just wrote the prequel for Netflix original series, You. Oh, <laughs> but that means that Kate and Penn Badgley break up. Um, or... He murders her. He murders her. I feel huh. like, to be honest with you, I feel like at the end of any, like, romance, murder is kind of a possibility. Like, I watch enough Dateline to know... That's true. ...that, like, the wedding is not the end of the story and that murder is, like, not impossible after that. You know, the ending of this kind of took a downturn real fast. I know. We, we're just such bummers. We, we, like, we always bring everything back to murder. We always come full circle back to murder. And we make no apologies for it. You know, we're extremely honest when we tell you guys we don't want to do a true crime podcast. But we yeah. also can't change who we are. All right, guys. Well, that's where the movie leaves us. And the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.